0: I have also clicked record on Audacity, as right. well as clicking record on Zencaster. All right, so just give us that news intro. <laughs> Hello, everybody,
1: and welcome to Demonstrate the Loop, Imagine the Gathering podcast, talking about everything from deck texts, discussions, and set dissections. Today we're doing deck texts, isn't that right, Drew?
0: that is right daniel this episode is um gonna be just myself and daniel josh is asleep so we're recording an episode (laughs) without him now that all the mods are asleep um we're leading in today uh there's a unifying theme between the two we're actually gonna do two back-to-back deck techs in today's episode time permitting uh and if time doesn't permit i'm gonna cut off mid-sentence um very good today yep it's kind of a, um. you can look at today's episode as a pseudo. Well, hold on. Hold on. I, I, no, 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 no. Oh. It's, a, huh. it's a
1: companion piece yep. to our okay. first episode. Same bit, classic. Ooh. Oh, is that what you were yeah. going to say?
0: Yep, that is exactly Damn what it! I was going to say. Well, now, feel
1: rude. Uh, here, you say it anyway. Say it again. The joke is better twice because there's two decks
0: because there's it is a it is you can think of today as a companion episode to our first episode on companion as today is an episode also Woo! about companion um our
1: episode 1
0: uh i kind of laid out an argument for companions being a progression of the kind of general idea of partner commanders of just kind of expanding what the commander card design space could be Uh, and the kind of gist of that episode because it does I explain it much for the detail in there but essentially it's just the idea that with a companion you're able to kind of further specialize a given commander um, and make it a more unique deck than a standard or like a typical deck with that legendary as its commander is going to be at a table while not um, while not running the or not running into the difficulty of balance from the point of view of them, kind of expanding your options because companions are by their nature more restrictive, mm-hmm. uh, and with that kind of opt-in restriction element, there they enable people who find a lot of the fun and magic in the deck building portion of it to kind of opt into an added level of challenge uh, for themselves and kind of have a more specialized or more unique deck at the end of it.
1: Yes, and yes. I think that we both agreed on that point in the mm-hmm. first episode, and in that first episode, you as your main example mm-hmm. for uh, your uh, companion deck was a Zerda Zacama list why don't you yes. r- remind the viewers at home your commander and your companion
0: yes Um. so the deck is Naya colors and it is built around Zakama Primal Calamity while running Zerda the Dawn Waker as its companion uh, Zakama Primal Calamity is 6 and Naya so red green white for a 9-9 legendary elder dinosaur uh, Zakama has vigilance reach and trample and they have an enter the battlefield effect whenever Zakama Primal Calamity enters the battlefield if you cast it untap all the you control. Then Zakama has three activated abilities also. Uh for two and a red, <laughs> Zakama will bolt a creature, uh, which is deal three damage to a target creature. For two and a green, it'll naturalize, destroy target, artifact, or enchantment. And for two and a white, you gain three life. Then uh the added card, Zerta the Dawn Waker, is one hybrid boros, hybrid boros, so three CMC for a three-three legendary elemental fox. Um, its actual abilities are that activated uh, abilities you activate that are not mana abilities cost two less to activate. This effect can't reduce the mana in that cost to less than one mana. Uh, Zerda then also has the ability of one mana tap target creature cannot block this turn with the added companion restriction. I always forget each, about that second ability. <laughs> it has not in the times I have played it it has never come <laughs> up. Uh with the companion restriction that each permanent card in your starting deck has an activated ability. So those are the you could say that is kind of the partner pair uh as I see it that I run in the command zone for this deck. Um I suppose from there, do we want to just kind of go straight into the deck tech for the first one? Do we want to introduce yours as well? Um,
1: uh, yeah, I mean, I think that we should just kind of dive into yours. Um, but real quick, what was your, I know that you just really enjoyed Companion as like a, Mm -hmm. as a thought piece first and foremost, and then you kind of developed it. But what was the inspiration for, for this deck specifically?
0: Yeah, so, uh... Uh, as as anyone who's heard the first episode, I will know, um, I just kind of, I like the companion ability. Um, I, one, um, as we'll probably get into, because I think this is a common thread between what got both myself and Daniel to build our decks, is just it's the innate companion power of starting with a free extra card is you cannot really overstate how powerful that is. Like that mm-hmm. is always going to be super good. Um, and especially in commander where you're already starting with an eighth card with your commander and you kind of have a ninth one with the command or with the companion there. And so that was kind of the biggest draw for me is I was looking for, I'm not, I'm not really a um, I'm not a CEDH player um, by kind of any stretch, but I do like to build my decks to be pretty optimized for what they want to do. I probably on average, we will try to even have like the jankiest deck that I play kind of reach at least a seven as like a general power level type thing to it. And so (laughs) I like decks that kind of play consistently. Um, And then with kind of looking at them all, I remember kind of the notable thoughts that I had. I thought for a bit about um, the there's the Golgari ooze one that requires all of your non land permanents to share a type. I entertained the thoughts of that <laughs> oh, for yeah, a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had thought about uh, you obviously Lutri is banned and Yorion is impossible um, given the other restrictions there, and so they they kind of left like a couple of them, and just Zerda seemed to me to be the like it seemed as though it was more so kind of a um a focus in more so than it was like a constant barrier because of its restriction um having just all my permanents need activated abilities one your lands are going to already have that so a third of the deck is essentially completely unaffected oh yeah um and then any non-permanent spells that you cast are also kind of exempt from that. So it really just kind of reigns in what enchantments, creatures, plane, uh, not Planeswalkers, every Planeswalker has activated abilities, uh, but what <laughs> creatures, uh, artifacts, and enchantments that you go, that you run. Um, and then just, it's, I had had Zakama in the 99 of my Gishath Dinosaur Tribal deck for a while. And then I just kind of was like looking at, uh, looking at commanders that were, zerta's uh zerta's colors plus anything else and just the thought of having zakama go from three mana for each of his activated abilities to one i immediately (laughs) thought that's insanely strong (laughs) because then that's just (laughs) literally lightning bolt on the first ability and having Um, having
1: played against it now i can say that yeah if zerta is on the field uh things get things
0: get stinky things Things get get pretty gross things get ripped yeah because it, it's normally normally and that's the thing so like Zakama as a deck i because i had had zakama for like at this point you know over a year and i had never built the pretty pretty known to be very strong zakama naya storm build which is just kind of brings Zakama in and out of play a whole bunch and just, then just kind of like storm off yeah and so like that's just it's a play pattern that to me was just kind of like was was solved and that that i think is kind of one of the driving spaces i think for companion decks for me as a player is i get um i'll 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 actually bring up another commander that i thought to build and then stopped which was winota joiner of forces um
1: oh so, yeah. yeah
0: yeah yeah so literally the exact the exact pattern for me with winota uh, just in case anyone doesn't know winota is two red and white for a four four legendary human warrior uh she has the ability whenever a non-human you control attacks you look at the top six cards of your library you may put a human creature from among them onto the battlefield tapped and tapped and attacking it gains indestructible until end of turn always forget that and (laughs) you put the rest on the bottom in a random order She's when that came out our uh our play group talked a lot about like oh yeah and so like i had the idea of you just make things that make non-human tokens so that you can more efficiently get a, a kind of a critical mass of those creatures mm-hmm. and then you run impactful human creatures that have good etb effects that have good kind of combat uh combat damage triggers all that kind of stuff and so i started to brew it and then i think like a week or two later Um, the commander had basically been solved, in my opinion, where it's just like, oh, here are all of the best Boros humans, here are all of the best ways to get non-human tokens in Boros, and now there's no more brewing to be done. Like, I could still brew if I wanted to, but I'm just, if I'm not building kind of these uh, solved decks, I am just kind of opting to build a weaker version of the exact same deck. I'm not really taking it in a novel direction, because when it was kind of focused in that way.
1: Yeah, the only way I think that you could Yeah, she she definitely has that problem. There are some commanders yeah. that come out. It's very similar with like Vanifar and mm-hmm. Keenan probably where it's just yeah. like you know, you just yes. look at it and you go, "Okay. All right. I yeah. get it." I think the thing that makes Winota I think the thing that would make her more fun to play against was mm-hmm. if she had to attack.
0: Yeah because then you can can go like am i building it voltron in that way or something to that not even
1: that she like you know even if you slap haste on her or something Mm -hmm. and she could attack still the same turn that she came at but the the Mm -hmm. fact that for what is it four mana yep she is an enchantment and just all of your other creatures trigger the thing whether she does anything or not Mm -hmm. isn't is crazy yeah, yeah, no, it's the super destructible, something too. But I think that yeah. you know, make her get in there. Make her get in oh, and, there.
0: And I think just my my biggest thing there is a Winota deck because I I did look at several deck lists, and there you know there are minor um there are minor adjustments between which player which uh, person built them. And I do believe that even the tuned Winota decks are extremely fun to pilot and to play. But uh, for someone like me, like I really enjoy the brewing process as part of the aspect of playing commander i basically don't really get to do that because i'm i'm opting into a arbitrary restriction now with companion there is a literal requirement i actually have to meet so i could like i could build winota and then i could opt into the flavor of like oh this is everything looks to the every everything's facing right in its art uh (laughs) and it's like i like you can opt into like there's still like you know uh non- tier builds of winota that players can do but it's just kind of like having to opt into that kind of thing whereas like so bring that back to zakama there is kind of like this understood strongest way to build zakama and anything that was not that or like there was also dinosaur tribal which is popular yeah but those those had been solved like it's you can you can slot in and out cards but it's kind of the they are commanders that are kind of so powerful at certain things that the biggest thing for them has kind of already been figured out. But because companion was so new, even like now there are still very few Zerda Zacomadex or companion decks, period. So I was able to kind of, um, it's that, it's an idea that I think attracts a lot of players to, constructed magic in a way it's the idea that you can kind of find the deck or create the deck yeah um, for like standard players the the people who are brewing in standard are primarily doing it one just because they're you know just like to build the deck but also the there there's an allure to the concept that you could build the next tier one deck um, in a lot of competitive formats and that's a draw for a lot of players and so compa- commander kind of has that there's not you know I can't win a tournament with this deck Um <laughs> And that's not just because Companion's been substantially nerfed, but it's there. And so like, it doesn't have that draw, but just it's having a deck that's going to be novel at, you know, practically every table that I bring it to is fun for me. Like we mentioned in the Companion episode, in the episode one, it's if I drop a Zakama on the table as my commander, people are going to have substantial expectations of what this deck's going to do. But then when I also bring out a Companion, I now am bringing a deck that they have not seen before. Like, and I'm not just kind of paying lip service to that. It's, oh, I have a thing that I actually had to adhere to in my deck construction.
1: Okay. Well, yes, I I do. Yeah. As we, as we said in the the episode, it's sort of the, the analogy that I think we ended up sticking with is that you're letting people read the back of the book as it were. Yeah. Where the commander Mm -hmm. is kind of like the title. It's like, okay, you kind of know what a Nekusar is going to do. And then the companions that show up are
0: just like, oh. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you read it and you go, Oh all right. Okay. Yeah. And so it's it kind of um and it's a thing like uh to to end off this part of the the kind of description of it, like it's a thing that I think like you could take a card that has almost as straightforward a design like Winota has, or other commanders that are kind of really singular, and the and so you envision kind of that as just a, there's like a pie chart that's a one, one big circle of what that commander is going to do, and then I think the companions kind of they they segment off slices of that circle and they let make you focus harder on one aspect of a given commander. So in Zakama, it's like i i'm absolutely playing with all of the text on zakama i'm not gonna just not do all of this book that's on this card mm-hmm. but it it really focus you focuses you in on those last three activated abilities and that kind of really um that actually segues us in pretty nicely to like the experience of building this deck and that's the thing that i think is going to play for um like we'll get into that with both of these deck tags but i know that a lot of people are concerned of like why would I just kind of work that much harder to build the deck um, to kind of incorporate this companion restriction? Cause it's commander is one of the only formats. It's definitely the biggest uh, uh, format that is defined by a deck building restriction. Like every, like every magic format is defined by its card pool. That's kind of just the thing that that's what differentiates given formats from one another is just the cards that you can play but commander is the only one where like or at least it's there there's oathbreaker and there's popper and certain things like that uh but popper to a lesser extent but it's the only one that that changes how you have to build the deck um you know there's the 100 card exactly there's no above or below that uh rule singleton um that's it so there's like those two things you have to do and so why would you add kind of this extra added thing there um So whenever I decided that I was going to build this deck, that I was going to build it with uh, Zerdan's Zakama, I actually had a really easy time of it. And I can actually say (laughs) exactly what I did. So I meant I paid lip service to this in the first episode I did on companion. It's just it's typically my deck building process is very brute force and tedious. I have a general deck idea. I am really good at finding cards that fit what I've gotten really good at kind of the search aspect of it. I've gotten good at the syntax that like scryfall and gatherer want you to use. Um, but the downside to being good at that is that means that I find every single card in the history of magic that fits the idea <laughs> and I like magic cards. So it's difficult for me to kind of, I will, I will invariably when I'm doing like a first whack at deck building, I will always end up with like 300 cards. So what I was able to do here um, I actually want to give really big props to Scryfall for this. If you're listening, uh, thanks, dog. Um, <laughs> so if you go to Zird of the Dawn Waker, and this is also the case for all of the other companions on Scryfall, it has like the normal things, has the Oracle text, with legality, all this kind of stuff. But it also has there are related searches for each of the companions. And what those related oh, searches are, it is, the, okay. it is the it is the it is like the full syntax text that basically limits your search down to things that fit their companion requirements. So related searches for that actually has permanence with activated abilities. So it basically adds that text to any of the other filters you're looking for. And then it has a card whose activated abilities are reduced by Zerta the Dawn Waker, which it just literally means activated abilities with a cost that is up at two CMC or above. So you're actually getting some profit from that. Yeah. So, that one vastly like focused in my card pool. I was no longer just looking for, you know, like a general commander deck. I want to build, I want removal spells. I want mana ramp creatures. I want board wipes, that kind of thing. I was also able to really rein in like, oh, I can also then whittle down by just those things that are permanents with activated abilities. And so then from there, I tended to in my deck building to get the biggest bang for my buck with Zerta Obviously, Zerta's not going to always be on the battlefield. It's a thing you just kind of have to know. And yeah. with uh, with how companions work, it's not as though I send Zerta back to the command zone whenever the, it gets dealt with. But I I looked at I go okay for the biggest bang for my buck. Just look just like Zakama. I'm really looking for things that have a three CMC uh, activated ability. That's where it's I'm literally paying. Uh, that is the most powerful effect based on how the Game designers balance the game and I'm paying the most discounted version of that because it's going from three CMC to one CMC is the biggest percentage savings that Zerda <laughs> can give you um, because it's just literally you're paying uh, one third of an effect. Like even though it's the, the discount is flat, that's kind of the biggest gap there. Uh, so that's kind of where I focused in on um, anytime I could get a two or three CMC ability. That means I'm getting either a, 50% or 66% discount on that ability. Um, and then from there, I just kind of built out, like, the standard effects that I would want to have. Um, well, the, with, the, with those yes. effects in mind, what is... Yeah. Tell us the
1: beef. What is, like, the... What are the busted, twisted things that you get access to doing because you are mm-hmm. not playing a regular Zakama deck?
0: Yeah, so, I mean, it's... The biggest thing there is it's just your... Every spell you have is kind of like doubled or tripled in effectiveness. So um, card uh, in magic in general, especially uh, newer cards, you have uh, you have all your different card types, instant sorceries, etc. So typically, um, an instant or sorcery will be a spell that you cast, it has its effect and then it goes away um, unless you have some way to recur that spell and then cast it again. A lot of creatures, will have either a will have a spell like effect to some degree, unless you're playing vanilla creatures. And if you're playing vanilla creatures in commander, more power to you. Um, But essentially, (laughs) they will add a little more beef to a creature spell by giving it an enters the battlefield effect so that it's essentially identical to if you had played a spell because you get an effect right away. And then you have a body that's also still there that you can do things with. Activated abilities are kind of another layer to that, where you get your creature and then you get a. Because, like, it enters the battlefield effect, you kind of have to go through some hoops to get its effect again. But an activated ability, you can kind of repeatedly do something with. And getting the uh, discount on it basically just makes it more mana efficient there. I think, um, before I kind of go into like different categories for the deck, the biggest thing with the discounts here are there's actually two lands. So as I mentioned before, Zakama, whenever you cast Zakama, uh, is going to untap all your lands. So Mm -hmm. I kind of looked at my lands a little more intently than I would on, um, other things just because it's, they are one lands are in general, the hardest things to interact with. And Zakama kind of synergizes with them right on the text there, because it's, if I can get into a, essentially if I can produce enough mana, That I can activate whatever effect or whatever thing I'm doing to reset Zakama so that I can cast Zakama again. If I can net enough mana to do that, I can do that infinitely. I can generate infinite (laughs) mana. I can, which then will typically let me either with Zakama at minimum gain infinite life. Um or I can nuke every creature artifact and enchantment my opponent's control off the board, which is pretty powerful in its own right. Um, and then typically just kind of swing out with a 9-9 nine nine enough times to win the game from there. Um, and if I can have that effect be kind of all encapsulated in just my mana base, I can have it in the hardest to interact with part of my board and the most synergistic part of my board. Because it's the thing that Zakama's already dealing with. So kind of the two cards that I primarily deal with for that, in addition to general lands are Sanctum of Eternity and Bonders Enclave. So both of these uh, Sanctum of Eternity came out in the commander 19 set and Bonders Enclave came out in Aquaria. Uh, But Sanctum of Eternity is just a uh, generic land taps for a colorless mana. And then it has activate a second ability of two mana and tap it to return target commander. I own from the battlefield to my hand, activate this ability only during your turn. So, it's that kind of reset comma because one of the key things with comma is it's not as simple as just simply blinking it because comma has that requirement that you cast yeah, it. and it has in to be to cast to get, from your hand. No, to, not from your yeah. hand,
1: but it has to be cast.
0: I have to be cast in general, yeah. So I'm having to either get it into the command zone or back into my hand in order to fulfill that aspect of it. And so Sanctum of Eternity with Zerda on the field is just one mana. Essentially, you can look at it as being two mana because I'm also tapping this land for it. Uh, but I'm able to reset Zakama in my hand for two mana. That is extremely cheap to be a repeatable effect that i can always do yeah that's um, just
1: uh, if you have 11 lands right
0: that's, that's it. just yeah it's at yeah, least it's,
1: infinite etbs yeah i can at returns. least kind of
0: loop through if i need to if i have 12 mana I, uh, if i have access to 12 mana i can then yeah, I, I then would any number i will ways. then typically win um and then it's like even without even without zerta because that is something i do want to kind of keep in mind with the deck it's it goes from being a Two mana investment to a three mana investment. Still, for it being repeatable, very worth that amount of mana, um, especially in this deck. And then the second one there um, is Bonder's Enclave. So, Bonder's Enclave came out in Akoria. Ditto, taps for a generic mana, then has a second ability of three mana tap, draw a card, activate this ability only if you control a creature of power four or greater. Now, Zakama. It's a nine nine. So Zakama definitely does meet that requirement. <laughs> and this allows me to let let's say like if I do have that twelve mana, I've hit that threshold there. Um but I all I can do is just kind of I can let's say I do that and I have nothing in hand. That just means I can just get infinite ramp. I can just get infinite mana and then I'm kinda of stuck there. Yeah, you're just spinning the wheels. Bonner's Enclave gives me a card draw outlet in my mana base that i can then keep digging through so as long as i can if i can cycle through zakama if i have bonder's enclave on the field i can also draw my entire deck and so that is my commander and my mana base gives me access to an infinite combo which protects me from all but a very small uh selection like a very small selection of counter spells there and it's if they are countering those abilities because they're on lands i can just essentially try it again next turn or depending on when they try to do that, I can just try it again this same turn. Yeah, depending on how <laughs> far along kind of I've gotten.
1: Now, do you, yeah. you have any? Um, do you have any redundancy? Because we know that bouncing Zakama uh, mm-hmm. is a way, especially with reduced uh, mana uh, mm-hmm. cost. Do you have any redundancy, or is it tied to just those two lands? Or do you have multiple ways to kind of get Zakama back into the hand?
0: Yeah, there's there's multiple ways there. Um, there's actually multiple ways to reset Zakama. Um, kind of in a couple different ways. So, um, the primary ones that I'm running here are I'm running Teamer Sabertooth and Aegis Automaton. Are the other two that are the most similar to that, just kind of all in the mana base mode? Um, Team or Sabertooth is two, in a, two and two green, so two two of any color, green, green, for a 4 3 cap. For one and a green, you may return another creature you control to its owner's hand. If you do, Team or Sabertooth gains indestructible till end of turn. So that one, again, in an ideal situation, one green to bounce the common back up. Mm-hmm. Often, if I even have the, even if I have, you know, Sanctum of Eternity and Bonder's Enclave out, that's just the cheapest. This is actually the best way to do it if I already have it on the field, although it also kind of is the easiest to interact with, but team or Sabertooth has that kind of baked in. They would have to exile it essentially, because otherwise yes. I can typically just make it indestructible, which makes it harder to deal with. Aegis Automaton is similar. It is actually too generic for a 0-3, So it actually comes down a lot earlier. Um, and it's four mana and a white return, another target creature I control uh, to its owner's hand. So it's kind of, it's again, there's the redundancy there. Um, I have kind of three of that effect in the deck. Um, I'm running ways to, uh, like, for Sanctum of Eternity, I actually run um, Elvish Reclaimer in the deck to let me tutor out lands, especially since some of my key pieces are lands. I'll go and actually read Elvish Reclaimer. Um, It is one green for a one-two, um it gets plus two plus two as long as i have three or more lands in my graveyard not typically relevant and then for two mana tap it and sacrifice a land search my library for a land put it onto the battlefield tap it, then shuffle so over claimer will allow me to i can turn basic forest basic mountains into any land in my deck very for good a if, crop rotation if, on a stick yeah exactly for one additional mana or if zerta's on the field the exact same cmc <laughs> so it's a thing where it's again it's i wanted to be mindful of i didn't want the effect without Zerda to be basically completely useless and i kind of wanted it to be like a pedal to the metal version of that effect if i did have Zerda. so that if like if you know because once someone's played against the deck once or just people who are kind of familiar with the fact that Zerda is banned in legacy for being really strong they'll usually I identify that and the table will come together and stop me from doing that. So I wanted the deck to still function without Zerda, but you can essentially think of like when I do have the companion in play, I kind of have just like my foot all the way down on the gas there. And so the, like, those are kind of the redundancies for kind of the key like finisher in the deck is this getting into this loop of Anthony casting Zakama in and out and then getting generating infinite mana, and then just kind of doing any number of things from there. But if you can at least do that, just like any deck, if you can get infinite card draw and mana, you can probably win. Okay, probably so let's finishing. say
1: let's say that you are, you know, your Zerta and your Zakama have been have been sufficiently dealt with in, mm. in you know a number of ways. Yeah, what what else is in the deck in a situation like that, or is every card in the deck specifically about Zakama, is it like
0: a, you know, because mm-hmm. it does have what vigilance trample and vigilance trample and reach and reach. Um, it's kind, of, kind of a good suite there. Um, well, the definitely the deck is really running on ten if it has one or access to one or both. I would actually probably argue the deck is better if Zerta is in play than if Zakama is in play. What Zakama kind of really does for the deck is one, it gives the deck its colors, but gives it kind of a finisher, a finish type effect. But the deck is really And that's the thing I like, because it's one Zerda comes into play sooner, and Zakama is a just big, thick bunch of dinosaurs at nine mana. Mm -hmm. And so the deck's kind of built around playing just some light control until I can get up to that point. Um, So, like, the deck in it's kind of control suite. Um, Actually, uh, as I kind of get into this, I'll uh, get into some deck building philosophy, so um in general i think everyone that talks about commander substantially nobody is doing no one is taking the steps to talk about like doing a deck tech or talk about the process of deck building and is just saying just throw in 100 cards um what most people will typically have is like a framework that they use that helps them kind of build a deck that's going to be robust and going to kind of play so i have at this stage i have kind of a modified edition of uh the command zones uh, stats uh, the Command Zone's rubric, uh, where they recommend around ten cards de- dedicated to mana ramp, ten to card draw, five to spot removal, five to board resets. Um, I know uh, Tomer over at Goldfish has actually announced his as well. I think his the main thing there is he has like only down to three resets, and he require and he has like fifty as like a hybrid like mana group where that includes basic lands and mana accelerants and things like that. Um, So I have that kind of modified a bit for our meta and for this deck I wanted at least I probably wanted a bit north of 10 land ramp cards and Naya I also wanted uh, I wanted about 10 card draw cards with a focus on more of them being repeatable so that I could more so take advantage of the Zerta ability to reduce my activated abilities um for the control aspect of it because i was playing kind of a deck with a combo finish to it i wanted a more i wanted a harder focus on my control aspect of the deck which for me i define control as anything anything that affects my opponents on either a single target basis or just a multiple target basis, anything that doesn't uh, affect everything evenly. So I include counter spells in my control package. I, ins- I include targeted removal. I include discard effects. Um, depending on the deck, I'll also include uh, include protection effects in there as well, with my idea being that I can essentially counter your interaction if I can protect myself from it. So with that in mind kind of to protect the deck as i need to you know ramp and build up to these finishers i'm running a pretty big um control package especially because I'm in non-traditional control colors I'm in Naya Um, so the big three counter spells in the deck I am running silence which is one white instant my opponents can't cast spells this turn which is very (laughs) choice for the turn I'm trying to combo off especially because I'll typically be comboing either from hand or from command zone so if I do this on my upkeep it basically is a have instant speed removal or I'm probably going to try to win right here which forces the issue before a lot of people are ready or it forces them to use a key piece of their interaction on silence itself so it forces them to basically have a counterspell for it i also run mana Tithe, uh, just one white instant counterspell unless they pay one uh not obviously the hardest counterspell but in naya you one you take what you can get and i actually just personally like mana Tithe. i think it's a cool spell and then it's, the third one that hits yeah.
1: that very good spot of like when it happens it feels better than probably any other counter spell it
0: feels better than force of will when because you actually get mana thing tied is that off if
1: somebody if you're getting someone like say that you know you have finally hit nine mana mm-hmm. and you're like i'm gonna cast zakama i have i have the nine mana to do it and then after that i don't have to worry because i'm mm-hmm. gonna untap all my lands and then I can start going off. It doesn't matter that I had to tap out. And someone hits mm-hmm. you with a with this. Yes. <laughs> it's, just one it, mana. Gut wrenching.
0: It yeah. gets you. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I'll mana tide. And also it's just it's useful. Um in the in white is the color I'm most likely to leave up. Like even if I'm just you know going to town with the comma's ability, the ability I'm probably going to save the mana for last is going to be just the yeah, flat gain, gain free life. life. Yeah, it's the one. I'm, it's also the kind I'm most likely to leave up. Um, and then the third counter spell in the deck I'm running is guttural response. Uh, it is one hybrid gruel mana, so one red or one green instant counter target blue instant spell. Literally, it is a counter for counters um so it is just any time that i'm worried like if i just need to you know stop a cyclonic rift i can counter that mostly if i need to counter a counter spell i can just use one mana to kind of do that i wanted all of those to be cheap just because again it's typically i'm casting them to protect a nine mana investment so the cheaper those could be the better um and then the other notable things as far as like the protection aspect of control that i'm running is the deck also runs vexing uh vexing shusher one of my favorite cards in the game uh two hybrid gruel mana so red red green green or green red uh for a two two goblin shaman uh it cannot be countered and then for one red or green target spell cannot be countered by spells or abilities so if i just need hard protection if i'm able to get it out on board i can use my actual counter spells to protect it as i need to and then i can use vexing shusher to protect everything else uh you can't counter it with Some counter spell ability that you're running. If you're running on like a creature, like a Lull mage mentor and Urtai or something, some creature that's countering it. Or if you're trying to counter any spell, if I have this on the board and mana up, I am going to not be countered. I'm going to be able to push that through. And then the final kind of protection piece, uh, at least the, the final one that I think is really cool to talk about is glory. So glory is a pretty old card. It's from judgment. It's three in a white, white for a three, three incarnation with flying. And it's relevant text is that it has activated ability of for two and a white, Creatures I control gain protection from the color of my choice until end of turn. Play this ability only if glory is in the graveyard. So I have a lot of looting effects, or just it's Zakama actually has an ability that will kill Glory on it. If I have Glory on the field, I have Zakama on the field, I activate Zakama's ability once to deal three damage to it, and I put it in the graveyard myself. Um but then for one white mana, I can give my entire board protection from any red board wipe. Uh, any creatures any opponents defending creatures if i'm trying to swing through and if i have five white available to me which one of the deck's key lines is an infinite mana combo i can just have all my creatures to get protection from all colors from a creature spell in the graveyard which is pretty difficult to interact with and it's not like a key combo piece or anything like that if someone you know uses graveyard hate on that it gets rid of a piece of protection that I run, but it's not a thing where I'm like overly like invested into that, like a graveyard based deck is going to be, but it kind of forces my opponents like to have all, to be able to answer everything my deck is doing. They're having to answer every part of the board, even things that I'm barely invested in um, as far as like cards or strategy or anything like that.
1: And I also, I like glory in, in this deck because I feel like mm. this is that interaction, that combo or not necessarily, you know, not combo. But, like, yeah. that that piece is a thing that I think would be solely unique mm-hmm. to as a Zerta's deck Because I feel like yes. a lot of people aren't going to be going for the Glory in the Graveyard mini-activation beats. Like, I'm sure yes. that people use it for, like, you know, a more Voltron kind of things. Mm-hmm. But, like, what is it? How much is it to activate in the graveyard? Just essentially
0: one, Three. right? Three. Oh, yeah, yeah. in my in my deck it's one white ideally if zerd is out typically it's three mana with two and a white for that effect
1: and that's great that's, yes that's one of the really cool interactions between a zerd a comma deck that mm-hmm. that i don't think you would see in any other kind of list
0: Oh yeah. Um, and so like uh, to kind of like wrap it up. So the decks um, I'll have the, for both of these decks, we'll have the deck list down below. Um, a lot of the kind of, uh, I mean, a good chunk of the deck is your typical, I'm in Naya color. So it's your typical ramp, your rampant growths, cultivates, whatever. Um, as far as kind of like the interesting plays there. Um, one of the, one of my favorite includes that I think gets back to what Daniel's saying that you're basically going to only really see this card in a Zerdas Akama deck is a land called Terrain Generator. So it is a land, oh, taps yeah. for colorless mana, and then for two mana tap, you put a basic land from your hand into play tapped. Now, let's say if you have you know like some mana rocks or anything like that, where you may have like 13 mana for the first go-around, but after you've tapped your Signets or anything like that, you're really not going to be able to actually like do this forever. If you start being able to, let's say if you have some extra basics in hand, Terrain Generator is going to untap when Zakama enters... And it's going to enable you to keep dropping additional lands to basically kind of get you over that threshold so that you can start going off. So it's kind of either this, it's this way to kind of just dump lands into play as you need them. It is only basics, but my version of the deck does run a substantial amount of basics, um, just for budget constrictions and because I don't think I was going to, you know, completely (laughs) blow a bag on this deck um but it's a thing that synergizes there and again with Zerda on field it's one flat it's basically two mana to put a land into play each turn which extra lands in this deck are huge even if i'm just doing that to ramp into zakama um the other interesting play there is castle garen brig it is a throne of eldraine land taps oh, for yeah. green etbs untap if you have a forest and then for two and two green and tap it to add six so generally that's tap five get six green with the restriction that the green can only be used for casting creature spells or activating abilities of creatures but one if i it out this is just turn two or really turn three green counting castle grand break into six green which is a much better rate yep, that's um, a double. and then it's yeah like that, that it's literally double as good and i actually have um a couple different relevant one it's all of my creatures have activated abilities so even if I'm not just using you know that six green to cast zakama again I'm able to dump that into one of Zakama's abilities any number of my other creatures abilities including my favorite one to do which is signpost scarecrow um, another card I, I don't think you would see this in a single zakama list without azerta in it but <laughs> signpost scarecrow is a four mana 2 four scarecrow with vigilance which is you know nice they gave it to him and then for two mana two generic mana add one mana of any color now Wizards will do that. They'll make it two instead of one for one because one for one is just perfect color fixing and they don't do that effect very often. But when I have Zerda out, that is what that becomes. I can then dump any of my mana into signpost scarecrow. And then with it reducing the cost of that ability by one, I can turn one mana of any color into another mana of any color. The better version of that effect is on not a creature, but is on gemstone array. Yeah. yeah, Gemstone array. One of my favorites in the deck is four mana. For an artifact, two mana to put a charge counter on Gemstone Array and then remove a charge counter from Gemstone Array, add one mana of any color to your mana pool. Now, again, same thing with Zerda on the field that becomes an even better one to one exchange, but it's a one to one banked exchange. (laughs) If I can't go off right now, let's say if I've cast Zerda and I just don't have the lands to start to really play as a comma, I can just start kind of banking lands or banking mana from turn to turn on it until I can just kind of store up enough to start going off or just kind of keep doing that, make opponents use removal on this instead of something else, because I've already got, it's kind of just a backup to have a ton of mana. As yeah, I need it it. it. Uh, kind of
1: gives you like a, because you're, it's a one-to-one exchange. Yeah. It gives you like this weird kind of crew fix effect. Mm-hmm. Where just any unused mana that you have will instead just become colored mana later which yes. is a little better than Krufix, but obviously this is like you know an artifact not indestructible so yeah you exactly know, it is susceptible to more removal but that is still an yeah. incredibly good
0: rate there are trade-offs there and then kind of the other thing that um, this is actually an infinite mana thing that i can do without zakama whatsoever um it is kind of the most talked about thing with Zerda as it relates to commander but it's basalt monolith uh three generic mana tap to add three colors to your mana pool Basalt Monolith is not untap during your untap phase, but you can pay three generic mana to untap it. Um, I think the way that's implemented now is that it taps add three generic, Basalt Monolith does not untap, and then three mana colon untap Basalt Monolith. With Zerda, that becomes one mana untap Basalt Monolith, which is immediate infinite colorless mana. If I have things like Signpost Scarecrow or Gemstone Array, that translates into infinite mana of all colors. And then I can just kind of, you know, do whatever at that point. Um, I can infinitely cast Zakama if I need to, by filtering it through. Um, but the last thing I kind of want to do is I want to say like, all right, well, so I've got all this mana. Um, I've got these Zakama ETBs. I want to finish that. Cause like, what is the deck? What are the things that I'm trying to typically finish a game out with? Um, it's pretty obvious to say that I can just swing with Zakama. If I hit you three times with a that's commander damage lethal. I'm just going to oh. kill you that way. If I need to, I can <laughs> um, but those are not fun. So I actually have a suite of cards that let me actually just go, completely buck wild go wide if i need to do that um a lot of decks will be built against you know just to defend against a voltron deck they'll be able to just like you know maze of Ith or infinitely stop as a comma and so the three that are the four that i have uh the first one is golden guardian which is four mana for a four four golem with defender with an activated ability of for two mana Uh, golden guardian fights another creature you control when it dies return it to the battlefield and then it flips into gold forge garrison which is a land which taps for two mana of any one color and then for four mana and tap it i make a four four colorless golem artifact creature token so uh one its first ability is really easy to activate and just have zakama kill it to death which is great Mm -hmm. love that and then the flip side one it turns it into a land that's tapping for two mana so it synergizes with zakama as i'm floating it in and out if I just need to get the mana, or if I don't need the mana, I can activate for uh, basically for three mana. If you count tapping Goldforge Garrison, I can just start dumping out four fours, which is extremely good as hell. <laughs> You're gonna love doing that. Um, in a similar vein, I have a I have a tr- I have a trinity of cards that have basically become pay one mana, get a one one as much as you can do it, which just also feels great. Zerda out. Um, it's Ant Queen Mobilization and Sacred Mesa. Ant Queen is three and two green for a five five for one and a green make a one one green insect token. Great rate. It's not a bad rate as just a mana sink. If you have two mana, it becomes disgusting. If you just have Zerda on the field, and so it's just one green gets a token as much mana as you've got. Mobilization no, I love is Ant
1: Queen. Ant Queen's I'm,
0: great. Do I know
1: Mobilization? Have I seen you play Mobilization?
0: uh Maybe, maybe not. Mobilization and Sacred Mesa are similar. So Mobilization is a two and a white for an enchantment gives all soldiers vigilance. Um, and then for two and a white, make a soldier token. Do that as much as you want. Ugh. Sacred Mesa. No, is, I have not played upkeep, against that
1: one specifically that's, yet. That's
0: good. Gross. And then Sacred Mesa, at your upkeep, you either sack a Pegasus or you sacrifice Sacred Mesa. And then for one and a white, put a 1-1 one, one white Pegasus creature token with flying onto the battlefield. So that one, just if I need infinite flyers, I can typically get there. If I just need infinite bodies on the ground, any of those four will do that for me. That's kind of like an overrun ability. Um, if I need as another line um i'm gonna do i'm gonna do the meanest line in the deck first and then i'm gonna do the most fun um,
1: yeah. <laughs> that's that's a good way to go
0: you go ahead yeah
1: and you, and you that way that way they know that there's a happy ending to this and then
0: there's, there's an ending on some sweetness so the absolute meanest line in the deck involves that same thing kind of spinning your wheels on that um doing infinite and then it really involves two cards Um, You can do this in a pretty mean way, and then you can do it in the meanest possible way, but they involve two other legendary creatures. Um, The requirement here is Kamal Fist of Krosa, for 4 and 2 green, he is a 4 3. He has two activated abilities. Uh, 1 green, target land becomes a 1 1 creature till end of turn. It's still a land. And then for 2 and 3 green, creatures I control get plus 3 plus 3 and gain trample till end of turn. So, what that enables me to do is because the one thing that Zakama cannot mess with is Zakama cannot kill lands. It can kill artifacts, enchantments, creatures, no lands. But if I have Kamal, I can turn those lands into creatures and now I can blow up all the lands, which from (laughs) that point, and this is not just like a simple, like turbo Armageddon deck. It's once I've done that, I'm just going to probably beat you to death with a nine nine because you can't play anything else. I'm going to finish it out. But let's say if I'm worried that you have, oh, I don't know, like a, um, what's the Nissa spell, Splendid Reclamation or a World Shaper and you're going to get all your lands back. Well, then I have Kumano Master Yamabushi. Uh, three and two red for a 4-4 Legendary Human Shaman from Kamigawa. For mm. one and a red, uh, Kumano Master Yamabushi deals one damage to target creature or player. If a creature dealt damage by Kumano, this turn will be put into a graveyard. Exile it instead. So with those two, if I'm doing the infinite mana thing, I'm actually just going to exile all of the lands. Um, which again, just hard finish. Not very nice, but sometimes <laughs> I just have to like definitively end a game. And also for a lot of graveyard recursive decks, it's not enough to just destroy a creature because that is all Zakama can do. Zakama can only destroy it. If I need it to go away full stop, I can deal one to it with Kumado and then finish it with Zakama just to make it be fully gone. Uh, then the the fun lines in the deck to kind of end everything off are involve kind of three cards, and they're in two different camps. So one of them is Helix Pinnacle. Helix Pinnacle is one green for a like Shroud Helix Enchantment. Pinnacle. And then just for X, put X tower counters on Helix Pinnacle at the start of your turn. If you have a hundred counters on it, you win the game. Uh, Because it's an X ability, it can be whatever you want to. If I activate it for X equal to three and then reduced by two with I can triple my mana input, which means for just the low, low investment of 34 lands, 34 mana, I can (laughs) win the game life keep um again that's kind of a if i if i can just spin my wheels it's another just one condition the deck runs i always like to build multiple lines of attack in my decks and that allows me to just if i can just spin my wheels very difficult to interact with and i can typically just even if i don't have zakama out just tripling my mana that's effectively a nyx Bloom ancient for this one card i can just kind of dump it into there um, and then win as i need to and then my favorite way to win in the entire deck got a recently got an extra card to it. it is running stuffy doll and brash taunter um yeah. functionally Ooh, the same boy. effect
1: i love brash taunter still does not make any sense within the nope. lore that there is a multiple plethora of indestructible fighting goblins mm-hmm. is dumbest it's thing so i've ever good. heard in my life but man oh that's so nice
0: Yeah, the finish lines there are uh, Stuffy Doll, five generic, zero, one, enters the battlefield, choose a player. Stuffy Doll is indestructible, and whenever damage is dealt to Stuffy Doll, it deals that much damage to the chosen player. Stuffy Doll deals one damage to itself. So if I have Stuffy Doll out on the field and I can generate infinite mana with Zakama, I can use Zakama's first ability, just infinitely deal three damage to Stuffy Doll, kill that player. If I am able to have the other ways to bounce available to me, I can then just bounce Stuffy Doll to reset it, recast Stuffy Doll, choosing a new player, finished out that way. Or even better, from Core 21, Brash Taunter. For four and a red, it's a 1-1, indestructible. Whenever Brash Taunter is dealt damage, it deals that much damage to target opponent. And then for two and a red, it'll fight a creature. So I can either have it just fight things as I need to as the game goes on, or I can, again, same exact line, have Zakama just infinitely beat the ever-loving hell out of Brash Taunter (laughs) until that somehow kills all my opponents. Um, So those are kind of the finishers there. So it's, uh, there are, you know, depending on the table, depending on what things you need to have answers to, the deck has a bunch of different lines of attack for ways that it can kind of utilize that. And it's definitely helped if you need just like a bit of NOS, a bit of turbo boost to whatever you're trying to do. Zerta adds that to the deck while also just the deck is very doable without that because Zakama is kind of already gives you a nice kind of bedrock of strength as it stands
1: okay now here's a i have an interesting question yeah um because i played against this deck and it has lost it has lost before what do you Mm -hmm. think are its biggest weaknesses and do you think those weaknesses are tied into the fact that you've had to um meet this companion requirement or Mm -hmm. or like what what do you think are the most susceptible things that
0: this deck can't like can be overcome by I think the biggest thing is, um, I think actually, just Zakama as a commander being nine mana is just a hard sell. It's a hard thing to always get to land. Yeah, that is um, true. You just kind of rely on it. Being in Naya colors is uh, the thing I'm worst at. Is a card draw, and I and not only do green, red, and white get kind of uh, the least efficient card draw of like th- I think they have the bottom three. I'd probably put blue at number one, black at number two. Um, but definitely with the added requirement of all of my permanents have to have activated abilities, like, my deck does run Harmonize as a card draw, just like spell, as a one-off spell. Yeah. Um, But beyond that, like, my two best card draw sources in here are Greater Good, which lets me sacrifice a comma to draw nine cards and then discard three, and then Merchant of the Veil, which has an ability for two and a red to loot, to discard a card and draw a card at a rummage. Um, But it's, card draw was definitely always a weakness, so it's like, like the having it on that land. Oh yeah, I guess that's true. Because I was going to yeah. say
1: that I I do disagree that that mm-hmm. green has um the third worst card draw. I think mm-hmm. at this point green is probably better than black. But at mm-hmm. the same time, it is tied very much to creatures that just kind of do it. Mm-hmm. Yes. And don't have activated abilities, so yeah, or you do. In, you lose a lot of those very good
0: green. Yes. Like you don't get Beast I, Whisperer. I don't, don't get Beast get Whisperer. A soul I don't get the Gar- Harvest. You don't get any. I of don't those. get. I don't get Guardian Project, which is Mm-mm. an enchantment with that. Yeah, so it's a lot of the green. uh A lot of the green cards that have card draw on them are not typically tied to activated abilities. So, like that in general. It's kind of the biggest weakness there, but I'm able to kind of shore that up because the deck is pretty consistent. Um, but it's it's again Zakama as just kind of a finisher piece. He is like the deck can operate without him pretty much fine, but it's the deck can really kind of end a game if you can get uh Zakama down. And it's the the strength of the interaction between this partner, this uh commander and this companion is is pretty on its face obvious you can oh, yeah. immediately see with just the two cards here how Zerda is going to benefit zakama and so it's what that led me to do is to play a bit more in control now naya control is i'm, I'm definitely not you know like pioneering that build but it is not exactly <laughs> what those colors are built to do so it's 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 kind of, it steered me into a direction that's not exactly in lockstep with what the colors want to do or are best at doing. But but I think that that just, just helps
1: add to the unique nature of that's, of this deck yeah. specifically because you are having to, in using the companion, you're mm-hmm. able to pivot into that role of, of a Naya big dino control deck that isn't just relying on a storm finish.
0: Exactly, like it, it. Storm can definitely help me like lock out a game if I just need to end it right then and there. Um, but yeah, like, and I'll I'll say like kind of generally, it's the there's always this sense I think with combo decks or decks that have a combo finish that you kind of have nothing to do if you can't get there. But because the the like what I ended up doing with the deck is I ended up building so many things that are kind of like. Iterative. So like I've got like cards like Barl's Cage in here, which is a card I don't think you'll see in any deck, even this one, <laughs> even though it's in here. But what? it's three mana, yeah, keep a creature is... tapped. Yeah, it's a four mana artifact, and then for three mana, uh creature doesn't untap during its uh during its owner's next uh, uh untap step, which for Zerda is if that's on the field, then that's a one mana ability. And that's just kind of a slow the game down thing. And so like that's just kind of the play pattern here is you are trying to, on your turns, ramp and then control just enough to kind of keep everybody from going off before you. Because once you... Because typically, whenever you get to that point in the game with this deck, what I found is that you are just going to go off bigger than anyone else is going to. But you, the kind of the difficulty there is kind well, yeah, of getting the game. Because you
1: it, it almost has the same effect as like an extra turn spell. If he hits yeah. when you pay that 9
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It is like, you know, your first turn, you cast them and then take an extra turn. Now I get to use them, except yeah. for it's all in the same one guy and you can mm-hmm. keep putting them back in your hand and doing that forever, which is yeah. interesting. Um, yeah. I like the flavor of the fact that there is a saber toothed tiger that keeps scaring this dinosaur back to its hand so much that the mm. earth does exactly what
0: you want. <laughs> and, it, and, it, and it's and it's the saber-toothed tiger is able to do it because of this delightful little cartoon fox um and then like one of the other the other fun thing there like again like it's essentially like an extra turn spell um one of my other favorite cards in the deck i actually do just run chance for glory uh one oh red and yeah. white for an instant take an extra turn and at the end of that turn you lose um just sometimes like if you can just spin your wheels make all of the tokens and everything i didn't want to make like i don't I didn't want to make the deck like have an answer for everything. I just wanted it to be able to do a bunch of different things. That well, way I'm you, not. You I have I'm... a control package. It just has a, yeah. a control
1: theme. So it's exactly not every answer, but it's a bunch of it's good answers. It's enough of them.
0: It's it's I can typically either answer. I can answer the answers or I could provide you with too many things to have to have answers for. Um, but it's basically there. If I can just spin my wheels, let's say if I have, I don't have the draw card land and I can just like net one mana over and over again um and make a bunch of tokens then chance for glory i can then just take an extra turn here so i can use this turn to build up an army of infinite tokens and then take one more turn and then just swing out uh, and if I don't win that turn, then it just wasn't going to happen, and that's what I have to live with. Like <laughs> the deck's not going to win every game, but it's always going to be fun to play. And that was kind of really—that's what I enjoyed more out of the deck. The deck's always able to do something, even if it's not actually winning that game, and it's big and splashy with everything that it does.
1: Yeah, and and playing against it because I know that you know some people may be like, oh well, one one mana to activate all those things—that sure that doesn't seem fun to play against. But you have to understand that like. If you, if you manage to get Zerda gone, like, Mm -hmm. like a swords to plowshares or something, then it's, it's just as a common, like, it's, it's very fun to play against because it is so explosive, but the pieces Mm -hmm. are also right there. Yeah. You see the two bits that are going to make this thing go ape shit. Yeah. And then so, you know, and if if they get to nine mana and, and do it, it, it feels like a, like a movie yes so it you know and i don't even think we normally try to kill you like early because we i don't know how often we really do that normally we wait for something to happen and then we'll kill the guy who did the thing Mm -hmm. or like if josh is playing sometimes (laughs) we'll attack him but yes but i like the deck i think that i think that it is probably the most fun zakama deck to play against i haven't played against other ones and that is true but i'm Mm -hmm. saying like if (laughs) i did go to like my lgs which i shouldn't because you know how things are still but if Mm -hmm. i did go and someone was playing zakama with a storm finish and like a million ways to just bounce it and then like grape shot i wouldn't have fun with that i would not enjoy that at all i want you to have to work
0: just a little harder for it i think yeah like it's really it's in like it's i didn't want to just kind of uh like i can it's everything that uh i mean like and that's the thing is like the the storm build. it's mostly just like it's i think that i i think that build is fine i just think that build's already solved there would be no brewing for me to do because the the finisher at the top of that curve is widely known but it's with this one it's like I, am technically doing the exact same thing. I just had, I have different finishers. I'm not running grape shot here. I'm running stuffy doll and brash taunter yeah, or helix you pinnacle. You can't yeah. be mad getting killed by brash taunter. Yeah, exactly. It's a zero
1: one like, five drop goblin that for some reason <laughs> yeah. there are multiple of and is indestructible with no mm-hmm. lore explanation. I would always yeah. rather be killed by that than grape shot
0: yeah and that's the thing like it's it just it's it's building it in this way allowed me to kind of have a unique take on the commander that i kind of felt that i had more ownership of i just felt like if i was going to build any other version of zakama i'm really playing somebody else's deck which i don't mind to do but i always prefer to play a deck that i kind of have my fingerprints on that feels more me um I guess I'm kind of in closing out the deck deck, I hope that um, anyone who's listening builds my exact deck with no changes. And I hope <laughs> oh, that I you have fun playing it. I did have yeah. one final question before yeah. we wrap it up. Um, yeah.
1: And be honest, is okay. half of the reason that this deck exists because both creatures' names start with Z and that's just really cool? Like Zerta Zakama?
0: That I, I, rolls I
1: have... off the tongue like a like
0: a MF. I have the um I have the deck is called uh I think it's Zerta Zakama Come On Pretty Mama, and <laughs> like it was the idea well, it was like Winota I had the idea I'm like oh that deck would be kind of fun and it got to the idea phase and no further. This one it's definitely it's just it's saying the deck is either Zerta Zakama Zerta Zakama every way that you say the deck is fun to do. Yeah, you can just say and- Zerkama zarkama is fun there's no way that i can there's no way that i can announce what this deck is and not already be having a good time um i would say more than more than half it's probably like 80 percent of the reason is just it's the deck's just kind of fun to have fun to break out yada 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 all right
1: well i think that that is a a very good um uh uh uh, wrap up for the deck tech let us know if you have dabbled in oh one final question drew i forgot yes about this um Mm -hmm. how do you feel about the change to to companion where you have to pay through mana to put it in your hand i understand why they did it for every other format Mm -hmm. in the world Mm -hmm. i kind of me personally i wish that they'd change it back for commander (laughs) because commander is where they're the least good Is companions and you played with them like old-fashioned rules because you you uh, got it done built pretty quick what do you think about the three mana put in hand then
0: then cast um absolute trash makes it literally unplayable goodbye everyone no like it's (laughs) uh in in a deck where in a deck where specifically my big finisher is at nine i have ample mana and so it makes it have to be more telegraphed is kind of the only annoying thing about it like it opens up zerta to discard removal before i can even resolve it which is kind of annoying um and again like you said like in in commander it's hard to say because we really have very little um really little play, like people's play experiences to go on with the old way um again like like i said in the uh, first companion episode i don't exactly feel like the mechanic is strong enough in commander to necessitate that but in my specific deck here because i'm looking like at such a high mana curve anyway yeah. for what i'm building i'm already ramping so hard that it's the additional three to put it in hand doesn't particularly bother me um but i i could definitely see like i think it does limit the design space where you kind of have to be like in this kind of mid-rangey or ramp build for them to be very viable Unless you're try a you know if you're at a more um not necessarily even competitive but more kind of focused table more focused pod um where you just can't kind of dally around for that long can't dirtle around for all that time um, it limits the play space into where you can't really have a low curve companion, um, which I think is unfortunate.
1: Yeah. but I, th- I think the main thing is that meeting the restrictions in a 100 card singleton deck is, is it <laughs> a lot lot of a more challenge? of a burden than when you can yeah. have like play sets of things. So yeah. um, commander committee. Um, and I know one of you is, is on board with me. You don't like the rule change specifically for commander and shout outs Ooh. to you. But um, you know, we don't we don't actually talk personally. I don't have that sway, but <laughs> I, it it did make me happy to hear it in an episode of EDH and Chill that I was watching. And okay. I went, "Hey, okay. All right, somebody's yeah. with me." But yeah. um yep, yeah. so that is a companion. This is a very strong deck. If any of you guys mm-hmm. are interested, Drew, you will be posting the arch architect, architect yeah, the, uh, list yep. in the It'll bottom of the there. description
0: um it'll have all the cards and such so the stuff i talked about I'll, i obviously didn't talk about every single card in the deck because not all of them are one interesting to talk about uh, but yeah the whole deck will be there um if you just want to you know play it on any digital client or buy it exactly as is i have a lot of fun with the deck i think it's a very fun build exactly and it's, as it's is. fun to
1: play against I'm playing yeah. against it a couple times it when it hits it feels like a, a last boss that you have to defeat And yep. and i like that especially for a nine drop that's what should happen
0: that's exactly how that should go. It's not like Nigila. that's three
1: mana and it's like, oh, geez. He I hopes, hope that yeah. we can beat the final boss on turn two because they played it turn two, this three yep. drop. No, no. Zakama, it's, it's as good as it should be for nine mana. They, they don't make a lot of nine mana creatures. Let this one happen. Exactly. It, very fun to play against, very powerful. Once again, uh, if any of you guys have built a companion deck that you have played in your group or played, you know, on the internet or something, or just are mm-hmm. excited about go ahead and let us know, uh, drew, where can people find us on, on Twitter and whatnot?
0: Yeah. So, um, if you're on uh, Facebook, we are there at demonstrate the loop. Um, we're on, you know, obviously any podcast platform, including the one you're currently listening to us on. Mm-hmm. But if you go to Facebook, we're there at DTL MTG pod we are on Twitter at demonstrate loop, on Instagram at uh at demonstrate the loop, and you can send us an email at DTLmPGpod at gmail.com. Um Feel free to ever shoot us any uh, episode topics Um, you want us to cover, uh, any experiences you have with any of the topics we had. If you want us to revisit what we've already done, more than happy to do that. Oh, yes. And if you've you've played against any of the uh, decks that we have, or if you've played with any of the decks, you've taken a deck idea from one of these and kind of tried it out yourself. Let us know kind of what that experience is like, how it was playing with it um, digitally, in person, whatever you're doing.
1: Mm -hmm. and uh and uh i can't remember what the what the closing lines are
0: ah yes um uh, (laughs) you you say it because i like it when you say yeah more accurate here um i have now demonstrated the loop i move to instep and concede then i play chance for glory start my next turn and then i concede there again (laughs) and then i just lose uh thank you all goodbye